0: Hello everybody and welcome to Joyfully You podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. We have a special guest, Devany. Devany is a therapist, a life coach and the host of Free and Well podcast. She's a dog mom and nature lover and obsessed with oat milk lattes. She empowers 20-somethings to stop doubting and comparing themselves and start feeling more confident. She is on a mission to help young women start fully standing in their self-worth and give them powerful psychology-based tools so they can stop hiding, start speaking up, and take confident, perfectly imperfect action in their lives. I love that. Perfectly imperfect action for the win. Devaney, welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited that you're here too and it's so cool that you also have a podcast and you said it's what is it called again the free and well
1: podcast the free and well
0: podcast yes. oh that's amazing so I'm so excited to have you on here um I know some topics and things that we wanted to go through and kind of share is about self-love and self-compassion and how we can create that sense and that feeling of trust within mm-hmm. ourself that we are whole that we are loved um and so, you know, I would love to kind of hear what has led you to doing this, the being a therapist and a, and a coach.
1: Um, what was some of the things that led you to doing this journey? Yeah, such a great question. So um, I would say just a lot of different things that happened in my childhood. And I think I'm also just a natural helper, right? A natural like encourager and lover and helper, and so those are some of the things that kind of growing up led me. I always knew that I wanted to help people. I thought I wanted to teach, decided that I didn't want to do that, and then ended up in the social work realm and ended up on the therapy route and then fell in love with coaching as well. And with this focus on self-compassion, which I'm so glad that we're both so passionate. And I know that's so much of what your community is all about and what you share um, that self-compassion for me has like changed, totally changed the game. I feel like I experienced so like just really high expectations, um, not necessarily bad, but just high expectations from some of the people around me growing up. And so I think that I really internalize those, right? Mm-hmm. And then often we don't really realize how to practice self-compassion or that we can practice self-compassion or like, oh, my (laughs) self-talk isn't helpful. I'm being really rude to myself. Like it's stuff we don't even really learn or talk about, Mm -hmm. right. Until we're on this journey and it starts to come into awareness or we're hearing people talk about it. And so really in grad school was when I started really coming into this space of, oh my gosh, mindfulness, self-compassion. Really softening the way that I showed up with myself, um, and I think from that space it's just so liberating. Like how we get to show up in the world when we can be kind to ourselves. And there's so much more that goes into that, but those are kind of some of the big, big bullet points. Amazing, amazing. Yeah,
0: it, I don't know about you, but I'd never realized how critical I was to myself. Mm-hmm. I thought that like, yeah, I'm nice to myself. I got my back, whatever. But I didn't. I didn't even know like the subconscious thoughts that were actually running me on a day-to-day basis because I was always so busy. It seemed like, and I think that was kind of a protection mechanism in a way of, of filling my time, but there's a balance there because I am happiest when I have a full plate and I'm working and I feel purposeful, 100%. but I think there were times that all of my sense of self worth came from that sense of accomplishment, and so then when I wasn't super busy or I wasn't doing something that felt purposeful or like it wasn't a travel trip, it was just like the mundane things of life, I would feel worthless. I'd be like, "Oh my God, I'm a shitty human being. I haven't done anything," Mm -hmm. and and I think that I was kind of raised to think, "Well, you got to be hard on yourself. You got to have grit. You got to push yourself," you know? And so it was kind of confusing at times when I realized, like, "Oh." this isn't actually helping me. Mm -hmm. What about little Kelsey? And I think introducing the little one changes everything, right? Because we think about the things we'd say to an adult or say to ourselves, which we all know the things that we say to ourselves we would likely never say to someone else once we start to realize what the words are. But once I think about the little one, it changes everything because instantly this like empathy starts coming out and like activates empathy in a way.
1: So powerful. Another one that I really enjoy is um what would you say to your best friend or right like i have a little sister so it's like what would you say to either your best friend or your little sister if that's easier to imagine but you're so right that changes how how we're going to speak to ourselves and i think you made such a beautiful point about if we're so busy or we just don't even realize that the self talk that's happening it doesn't have to be that way Right. Cause I think it can feel so normal. Like, well, that's just, this is just life. The dialogue that I'm experiencing, the inner chatter that I have, that's just life. It's like, there, there can be a different way that that's Mm -hmm. even possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's like, there's, yeah, it's like that. This is just, it is what it is. This is just what the situation is. This is just the facts. And I think it's important to notice facts versus feelings, you know, and journaling is a huge outlet for me. And I kind of, slowly stopped journaling for a little bit. And I felt it. My my mind, the clutter, the self-talk went unchecked. So Mm -hmm. the self-compassion was being really affected. And it's so nuanced because it's this background stuff. And so if I'm not making the time to sit down and open my journal and connect with self, I I don't even realize what the self-talk is Mm -hmm. because I'm letting it run me versus sitting down and having a moment with it. And I think the other part that comes is the highest self, the inner wise woman, the more compassionate one, because I'm not going to write those wor- those those intense, cruel words on the page because it like has to go through another filter, you know? So I feel like journaling is such an important way to find out what the internal dialogue actually is. Mm-hmm. Like how, I mean, meditation, I know there's all different, talk therapy, there's so many different ways, but it's like, we have to try different modalities different ways to connect to, to discover what
1: is my self talk like yeah and i think that's such a powerful point like and i i totally feel you with the when you take a break from doing something right like every morning i try to be pretty intentional about what i'm doing or affirmations or whatever it is and it's interesting cuz i've had thoughts that are like why do you have to do this every day like why why do i keep needing to do this every day. Like, why can't I just, am I healed yet? yet? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, can I just be done? And it's so interesting because you just made such a good point about this, that it's almost like the self talk is so subconscious that it's like, if I don't intentionally tune in to these new, healthier, more compassionate narratives or stories or beliefs or thoughts or dialogue with myself, Whatever is subconscious, whatever I've been doing for the last 20, 30 years of my life is what's going to be driving the show without me even realizing it. Those are just the things that our brain is diverting to and using. And so it's like, no, you need, you need to be doing those affirmations and checking in and write all of those incredible pieces. Because when we don't, it just diverts to that subconscious, whatever we've been doing. Yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: So true. And I think that some, you know, there's times where I remember when I first started journaling and checking in with myself or doing affirmations, it was the times that I really didn't feel it and learning how to like modify the affirmations to still feel true. I think is so important because I think some people are like, well, I'm lying to myself and it kind of can make it worse if you're doing something to do it, but you aren't able to feel it. You know, because I know, like for certain perfectionists or people that overachievers, it's like, well, I'm doing it. I'm doing the things So you told me to do, or I'm doing the things that yeah. it, the internet told me to do, but I'm not feeling it. I think so much of that comes down to um, noticing if we're being performative, even with ourselves. You know, of of if you identify as being like that happy, smiley person, I know that I I do. I'm like, I am the cheerleader i am the happy one my podcast is called joyfully you you know so there's such this identity of this being this positive light of being but that's not all who i am i also have the yin and yang the light and dark like i have my own shadows and so i think the 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 practice of journaling or the practice of meditation for me it's really journaling i it's i'm very verbal the communication part is super important for me um if I'm able to write down the most uncomfortable feelings that I don't want to talk about, but I can at least write them out with myself, it's almost like we can shine light on our own shadow. And and even if we aren't able to solve anything, I think the awareness of like, I am actually feeling this and the self-acceptance and the self-compassion that I'm allowed to be experiencing this. Like, I don't, I think some people get a misconception around mindfulness or self-compassion that you're always supposed to be love and light towards yourself. But sometimes you have, we have to meet ourselves where we actually are or else we're not being loving to ourselves by lying and saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, cause then it's just perpetuating like a people pleasing thing almost with ourselves, because it's like, we're allowed to, you're, you're allowed to have ebbs and yeah. flows. And I think that there's a misconception there that can then create an additional layer of self-shaming.
1: 1000%. You're speaking speaking my language, right? As a therapist, I'm like, feel all the feelings. Yeah, and I think I think that can also touch on the idea of toxic positivity, mm. right? Which is like, no, we don't need to be in this high space all the time. Like you're human, we're human, right? We're going to have waves of emotion, waves of frustration or anger, or sadness, whatever it is. And and the power and how we can live a really healthy, full, rich life that we are so excited about and content with is when we know how to ride those waves well, right? With self-compassion and leaning into the well-being piece versus like, I don't need to feel super happy all the time, but more like, how can I feel well in this Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's so, so powerful. And I love what you said about, um, just this idea that I think so many of us, some, I don't know where this came from, but it's this idea of there's something wrong with me. Like somehow I'm unique enough of a unicorn of a human that I'm the only one who's ever felt this way or had this thought. And it's like, you're unique and amazing. You're not that unique. Like there's no way that no one else has experienced something like what you're going through. Right. And then like Brene Brown says, when we keep things in the dark, that's where shame grows. And so I love what you said about just writing it down, bringing it out of the darkness, putting it in the light, putting it on paper that releases shame. And that allows the shame to not grow there, which allows us to then so at least acknowledge it. Right. That's like a deep exhale. And it's almost
0: like, I think the thing that we hide the most, that we're most scared to share with the people closest to us, from my experience, it feels like you're going to die. It literally feels like you're going to die because. So much of my identity and existence was built around protecting that one part I thought wasn't lovable. And so then testing, is it lovable feels like a sense of life or death because it, it, it was so transformative, right? And I think that's important to remember that, that it's not going to be like, okay, yeah, let me just shine some light on my shame. Like, you know, like, because the part of me wanted to think that, oh, I understand this concept, but then practicing it, holy shit. But it's so beautiful to be met with compassion in times because it rewrites the story, you know, from like childhood things or past relationship things. It rewrites the story, you know. I would love to hear, you know, what is that approach? How do you, how, you know, when you're working with clients or you're working with people, how do you approach um, that acceptance piece when it's like there's clearly things that, is the things that are the big ugly stuff you don't want to talk about. You don't want to, you know, because it's almost like, how do we get over here to self-compassion? If we are feeling these other feelings of like guilt or shame or, you know, that heavy, dense stuff that doesn't allow our energy to move. How do we start to cross that bridge?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great question. And I think just first acknowledging that All of these things that we're talking about here, the self-acceptance, the self-compassion are practices. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you either have or you don't have that's an innate skill. It's a practice. It's just like a muscle that we build at the gym, right? And so I think setting the intention, and I love that before we started recording, right? You set an intention, which is so powerful and setting the intention, of self compassion. How can I show myself some compassion here? What would that look like to be kind to myself in this moment? And really listening and learning from resources, because for some of us, that does not come naturally. You're like, I don't know. I don't have the answer to any of those questions, <laughs> I have no idea. And so, you know, looking up people like Dr. Kristen Neff, Dr. Shauna Shapiro, like these incredible people who have really been trailblazing in the self-compassion world and learning from them, um, I think using those tools and then, yeah, just setting that intention, I think is so powerful of how can I show myself some grace, some kindness, some compassion here? What would that look like? Or like what you mentioned before what would I tell a friend? What would I tell my younger self here? Right? Like what, what would that look like? Just exploring with curiosity.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, curiosity. Such a great word for it because curiosity isn't looking for wrong or right. And I think once we start to put a lens of wrong or right, that's when things get really sticky.
1: Mm. Yeah. I'm so with you on that. I don't, even, even honestly, with the terms "healthy" and "unhealthy," I, you know, it's kind of like wrong, right? Healthy, like adaptive, maladaptive. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what feels helpful for you, right? Like, if you really think about it, what what feels helpful here, right? Yeah. And I remember learning in, I think it was uh, a book by doctors Kristen F. and Christopher Germer, and they mentioned that literally. When you are critical towards yourself, you are activating the stress chemicals to be released. You're activating your fight or flight response, which is fascinating because so many of us feel like, and I think you mentioned this earlier, I need to be hard on myself or else I'm not going to progress. Right? So say that someone's starting to really allow themselves to like see and acknowledge some darker part or feelings that they've wanted to hide or not acknowledge or something like that. And right. They're starting to acknowledge that. And it's like, well, I need to be hard on myself. Cause I need, right. Like, well, what are you going to do about it? And why are you feeling that way? There's something where all of those things, mm-hmm. you're going to now... cry about
0: it or you're going to do something about right.
1: it. Right. So even uh. that right. Is activating the stress response. And when our stress response is activated, we literally, physiologically in our body, cannot access those higher level thinking processes. It's just not possible. Because if you're hiking and a bear is coming, you're not going to be able to think about, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need, I have these goals and all these big life <laughs> ambitions, right. What's going to feel helpful for me here. Right. We're literally don't have, who access. do I want to be right now? Right? <laughs> right. So it's, we literally don't have access to that. And so I think hearing that like was so permission giving for me to say, Oh wow. Self-compaction self-compassion actually allows me to be more effective and to actually create change, but also is, is healthier for me to just be here. It is a, it is a more effective response. That is
0: so interesting. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Cuz it's like when we're stressed, it's like tunnel vision. We can only see what's right in front of us. It's impossible to see these other perspectives, but now it's actually like a scientific thing. It really is like the chemicals in the brain and what's happening. That's so interesting. So there you have it, guys. There you have it. Practicing self-compassion will make you more effective. You'll be able to think differently and physically, we will feel better. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. good to be under stress. Yeah. It takes a
1: toll on our body. And there's there's this idea of the yin and the yang of self-compassion, which I need to dive more into myself. But I think just really, really honing in on the fact that self-compassion, like we were chatting about, does not mean that you're not gonna try. It doesn't mean that you're just accepting mm-hmm. it, what it is and that you're complacent. It's being kind to yourself because you're worthy of receiving kindness and compassion in a hard moment. And then also you will ask yourself, okay, what do I need to do with this in a compassionate way? It's just a different approach. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting of the yin and yang within compassion. Cause I could totally see that. And, and it's so true. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think some people can use it as a way to spiritually bypass the action piece that is sometimes required to practice self-compassion, to practice self-love, you know, and it's not saying that it has to be action-based. Oftentimes it's being based, but the action of speaking, the action of writing, the action of habits or what we're putting into our body when we are most under stress or feeling down, you know, Um, that it is kind of easy to spiritually bypass because it's like, no, I'm going to be compassionate with myself tonight and I'm going to eat a tub of ice cream. You know what I mean? When it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with ice cream, but enjoying it and savoring it is one thing, numbing out through it is another. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, whether it's it's food, alcohol, weed, drama, gossip, like, you know, we all whatever that thing is that we want to lean into to escape what is happening. I'm kind of taking a turn there from spiritual bypassing, but it's interesting. It's really interesting all the ways that sometimes it's something that helps me be compassionate about the sneaky ways I try to screw myself over is that it's coming from a place of love. Even the Mm -hmm. part that it's not self-sabotage, it's self-protection, the best that my body with my mind, body, and spirit with the agreements and the information I have around the world or of the world around me, it's just protection mechanisms, doesn't, yeah. I don't know about you, but that like softens something within me. Because if I think about, wow, I've sabotaged and screwed myself over, that makes me feel crunchy and hard. And, and, and um, it doesn't, there isn't a free flow of energy with that. Yeah. But if I think, oh, I was protecting myself the best I knew how it's like, oh, okay.
1: That's one of my favorite things that you just said. Like, and, and even thinking about other people too, right? How other people have acted in certain situations or like, we're talking about how I show up in certain situations or like what I'm doing. That's maybe self-sabotaging. Like I'm in that moment. I did the best that I knew how to do to care for myself. Right. And there's room for growth a hundred percent. But in that moment I was doing what I knew best. Yeah. How to do
0: Absolutely. And I feel like in order to make the room for growth, we have to make room for forgiveness. And that I feel like exactly. the forgiveness then leads to the acceptance. And it's, I think our mind loves um, kind of categorizing this progression of healing of what's involved in it. Like what's in the cocktail of self-love, you know, but it really is so unique to each person. I mean, yes, there's elements and there are resources, you know, that we can guide through, but it does require us to sit down and be still with ourself. And sometimes that can feel really scary if we feel like, I know for me, um, there's times where it's, and I've gone through so many different waves. I've been journaling for years, but the times where I notice when I don't want to, it's because my nervous system is so, um, uh, there's so many stress hormones happening within my nervous system that, I, it's difficult for me to actually sit down because I, it's hard for me to even get the words on paper because I'm feeling like I need to be doing something else. And it's like, whoa, this is all the more reason why I need to sit down or I need to go for a walk. How can I start to, you know, calm myself just a little bit to allow Mm -hmm. for this to start to regulate? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And that's, that's speaking to me right now. Cause usually in the mornings I'll just be able to sit for a while, but lately it's been a very high stress period. And so I find myself like, okay, I enjoy, I have honey, lemon water in the morning. That's like how I wake up my body and I'll sit outside in the yard for a bit with my dogs. And then typically what I would do is like, okay, I'm going to journal, you know, but what I've been doing is, I've been needing movement. I've been needing, like, okay, I'm just gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna go do something. And then, yeah, like once you're a little more grounded, coming back to that. And that's okay. That's okay.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Because we can be compassionate with our needs changing and it not being like, oh, I, I didn't love myself today because I didn't do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I think that's kind of like our own internal discerning and discernment of, okay, what do I actually need right now? Yes. Meditation, journaling—all these things are always very beneficial. But where am I at? Can I meet myself where I am right now? Yeah, to to help bridge the way to wellness.
1: And I think a barrier that I that I hear and see often is instead of like that curious, compassionate dialogue that you're having, right around what do I need right now? What would that look like? Instead of that, it's like, okay, I'm sensing that I need something well, why, why, why do I need that? Why is something wrong with me? Did I do something wrong? Well, why don't I just want to do the other thing? Right. And it's like a lot of criticism and I understand the idea of the why, but I think sometimes we can get so stuck there. And so instead, I love what you're talking about this compassionate, what do I need right now? And that's okay. Like, let me just honor And And trusting the first
0: thing that comes into your mind without overthinking it. Mm -hmm. I know for me, when I first started kind of getting back into movement, because I realized, oh God, I feel like shit. Why? Oh, I haven't been moving my body. And it was kind of something that just kind of fell out of my awareness. Like, you know, stress, tunnel vision. I didn't realize I wasn't moving the way that I normally do, Mm -hmm. but I definitely noticed my self-talk go crazy when I was like, because I felt like, wow, I'm kind of out of shape. Like, oh, I don't have that gym membership yet. Okay. Well I can go for a walk. And the criticism was so loud of what's the point. If you're not going to do like a hit workout, Or you're not going to do all that. Like, like these levels of it's not good enough unless it's this. Right. And it was so interesting. because I was like, Whoa, I definitely had a backseat moment of that's so interesting that my mind went there. Yeah, I'm going for a walk, and a walk is good enough, and that's okay. And so it, it was like noticing the thoughts that were coming up, but then saying, "No, I'm still going to take that walk." But whoa, I get to write this out and send some love to that part of me that feels like I'm not good enough unless it's perfect, unless it's the best, you know? Because that can limit us in so many ways. And if we stop do, to do, we stop doing something because we think it isn't good enough.
1: Yeah, because then nothing it, happens, anyways. Right. Right. Well, and it's like when we show up in that space, if we're showing up doing the thing, cause we feel like we have to, to be good enough, that weight, that pressure, that heaviness. And it's so interesting because if we think about health in general, like there's so much focus in our culture on, you know, a certain weight, a certain body shape, all of these things, but it's like, okay, if I'm going, if I'm going to the gym all the time, but I'm doing it out of space, out of a space of shame, criticism. I'm super stressed. There's cortisol running through my veins all day, every day. Like that's not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I can imagine that it would probably actually be overall more healthy for you (laughs) to feel less stress and to lighten that load a little, right? Like overall looking at that overall picture versus just the, Oh, well, I need to do this to do right.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so true. I feel like energetically it's almost like the weight can stick to us even more because we don't actually feel safe. We're doing it from a state of, I need to almost like I need to punish myself for what I ate last night, or I I need to change my body because I want to look. And I am all about setting goals and working out and like, but it's the come from, when we show up, just like you were saying, what's the come What how are we feeling? We show up, and I've been really, really intentional about this. Very intentional of, I, and I'm going to say always. Now I would say it's about five years, but it, it's that maybe longer because I grew up where I had a lot of people that are older than me that were criticizing their bodies nonstop. Mm -hmm. And I was able to see it so clearly as an identity of their own unhappiness that it was like this vow. I was very young. I was like 14. It was like, I'm not, I'm not going to criticize my body because I can see what they're doing. And I'm noticing these things about them that I never noticed before. I don't want to call attention to things that I don't like, and then have that become a reality for someone else as well. Um, And it, 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 I kind of lost my train of thought of where I was going with that. There's something I was going to share. I don't remember.
1: Just that, that vow and that intention, right. Of caring for yourself. And I, I wonder too, like, and maybe this is something that, you know, listeners can practice is like, okay, before you go into movement, setting an intention and reminding yourself, right. Taking that intentional time, like we talked about in the morning so that it's not just some like subconscious thing that's running around, but taking a moment and saying, I'm showing up here because I love myself. I'm showing up here to care for myself. I'm showing up here so that I can, you know, have the most energy, feel the best that I can. And just setting some one or two, right? Keep it simple, but setting that intention and making sure that you're saying that out loud to yourself, before you go in and seeing mm. how that feels. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, that's great idea. I love that so much because
0: yes, setting that intention right when we go in and it's, it's funny, like there's still a action oriented part of my mind that wants to know, did I hit the mark? Did I complete the job? How will I know it's complete? You know, how will I know it's a good job, so to speak. And I, the way that I've structured it in my mind is like, if I break a sweat, I've done my work. If I put pen to paper, I've done my work, you know, so then it's not criticizing what it looks like. It's, it's the accomplishment of you're there. That's your only goal, whatever it looks like, like, and, and it mm. is just like you said, it is a practice. We have to practice, especially if it's something that's come up for you over and over of the sense of like, you know, um, not liking your body or body dysmorphia or like failing like your body needs to change in order for you to be happy or, you know, whatever those things might be, you know, and sometimes there's going to be layers that are going to come up over and over and over again. And that's something that we kind of talked about earlier is if the same types of
1: wounds keep showing themselves through layers, like, can you kind of speak into that a little bit? Yeah. Just, I mean, just acknowledging and validating that that's okay. I was telling Kelsey earlier, I'm like, okay, so I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy. I'm a therapist. (laughs) And so it's like, like with my current therapist, literally last week, we're talking about things that I swear to you, I've been talking about for years and that's okay. Right. Like I, and something I'm finding and I don't, you know, There's no science behind this. This is my own personal experience of like, it almost feels like I have, or maybe we have certain, right? Like certain challenging patterns or like you said, shadow parts, right? Or there's these certain wounds or habits that continue to show up over and over again in different ways. And it's like, I'll be curious as I age and continue to learn and grow. And like, are there a ton of different things that happen? Or is it like this core set of challenges that I'm going to be continually growing through and healing through in different ways in my life? And that's what I've been seeing the same things popping up in different ways, but we'll see, but that's okay. Right. That's okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's going to be layers. And I feel like the deeper intimacy we create within ourselves and the world around us, the more those layers have to be revealed in order to then step into that yeah. feeling of closeness and, and yeah. And it's almost like it's our soul's journey, you know, that it's not that it's because there's something wrong, but it's because that is the core thing we get to heal and transform.
1: Yeah. And I love what you just said, pointed it out again. Of it's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with me. And that's something that's been so heavy on my heart lately. Cause I feel like there's just, I don't know if that's going around in the world a lot But just this idea of like, oh, well, there's something wrong with me, or there's nothing wrong with you. It's okay. Right. And just Mm -hmm. showing up with that compassion of this is where I'm at. And even for myself, continuing, Mm -hmm. okay, even though, even though I twitch, I feel like I've been working on this for years, it's okay. Right. This is this is where I'm at right now. And this is what I need. And that's okay. And showing up in that space. Compared to what's wrong with me? Why am I still dealing with this? Why is this mm-hmm. shit still coming up for me, right? All of this, like which one feels more helpful for me to show up in my life present and intentional and as the person that I want to be? Definitely the compassionate one.
0: Yeah, it's going to be so much more supportive and it, it, it might even feel uh, strange at first. Yeah. Especially if there's no one in your life that's ever talked to you like that, you know, that all of a sudden it's like, am I going too easy on myself? Thousand like, percent. And it's like, well, who said I have to go hard? Where'd that come from? It's almost like some of the why questions could be disempowering if it takes you down a rabbit hole of trying to figure something out. Oh, Lord knows I've done that of Googling down a rabbit hole of trying to understand some type of psychological thing of why is this showing up? What does this mean? And I think it's natural to want to gather information and understand and learn, but it can definitely be an escape uh
1: mechanism in a way, of like yeah. escaping. Distraction from you doing what you actually right or being right what it's actually like, needs, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm like what actually needs to happen is I need to talk about my feelings to the person I'm thinking about, but instead. I'm going to Google for eight hours and read Quora forums on all the different opinions. And it's like, and I've definitely done that where I've gone down this rabbit hole of like my nervous system just unraveling because I'm trying to create some control.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I think it always comes down to that. That's why trust in the process is such a theme for this podcast because control and trust are like on the other ends of the same spectrum.
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. And I think something you mentioned that's really speaking to me as well is when you were talking about what, what is good enough for me here, right? Like what is, and you said, showing up, just showing up, just putting pen to paper. And I think so often, like we were talking about these kind of subconscious drivers that we have or subconscious patterns, like ask yourself, what, what are my expectations for myself? And even when you were talking about body image, Right. Like, oh, I need to change how my body looks for me to feel this way or for me to be happy. Or maybe it's, I need to, you know, whatever it is. Like actually asking yourself, like what are my self expectations that actually feel authentic and helpful versus all the other expectations that we probably just adopted Mm -hmm. from our culture, from other people and we've internalized. Let's take a pause on all that and actually just ask what's what's my expectation for myself yeah and seeing what feels authentic there
0: yeah 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 it's kind of like the question of what how can i make myself proud in this and it's really eye opening to see because if the only thing that will make you proud is like okay i kind of want to like sing a song and make some music today and it's like well what would make myself proud it's like winning a Grammy. It's like, okay, well, there's a big gap there. And so if you're not going to allow yourself to have any joy until that point, I don't think you're going to get to that point. You know, it's like, how can we bring into the joy of what we're having? And a big thing for me and for a lot of other people is bringing the bar down to something that is actually attainable and accessible, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not saying like, don't reach for the stars, But I am saying meet yourself where you're at to create something that you can actually show up for. And, you know, like, especially with like the weight thing and the gym thing, like my boyfriend goes to the gym with very specific goals, very specific routines. He's wanting to change and improve a very specific thing. And he doesn't quite understand how I'm like, my goal for the gym is to feel good. That's it. I know I feel good when I leave, you know, and he's, he's, it's much more that masculine side of like, I'm like, no, but this is how I want to feel. And I know this is what helps create that. And he's like, well, we have to do another set. And I'm like, we're not working out together right now. You know, it's kind of this thing of like, we have different intentions and that's beautiful because you are at peace with those. That's not what works for me. And I think it's important to notice like other people around us are going to have different opinions on Mm. it. But if you set the intention for working out and movement as like, no, this is just medicine for my body. Any movement is good movement. And I've, and, and, and my goal weight is to be strong. I had to go to the doctor recently and they had to have me step on the scale. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't like doing that, you know, because, but it's interesting because I was like, well, I'm going to do it. The, the things you hide in the dark, right? The things that you're afraid to see. I didn't want to see the number, but it's important to see the number because that's the part of the masculine stuff. Anything with numbers related, we don't want to see often when we're in our feminine, it's like, ugh, ugh, constriction, ugh, numbers, judgment, whatever. But it was really beautiful because it was angel numbers. It was like two, two, two. And I was like, how could I even be upset? How could I even be upset? It was kind of this thing of like the universe being like, it's okay. You are beautiful and strong and I got you and I'm going to guide you into the ways of feeling your best and feeling your best doesn't have to be looking your best to a certain beauty standard.
1: Thousand percent. And I think that circles back to those, right? What's, what's the self-expectation? Like what's the bar that I want to actually hold for myself? That's Mm -hmm. actually helpful. And I think you made such a good point too, around the comparison Right. Of either other people are maybe going to have opinions about your approach or when we look around at other people. Right. And even like I had a little break from I've been going to hot yoga lately, which has been so fun. And I with my busy schedule, I haven't been super consistent. And so I'm showing up and there's girls there who are doing the entire thing without taking breaks and are doing the full push up versus the one on your knees. That's not where I'm at. And so, but this idea of, you know, that's like, I'm focused on what's my intention here. Well, I know I took a week off and I just want to be here and do the best that I can honestly, without, painting or something, you know, like what's going to feel good for me. And that's okay that she's in a different space. Maybe she's been showing up every day. I don't know. Yeah. And that's cool. Whatever works for her, but I'm focused on why am I showing up here? Like you said, what am I hoping to get out of this? Mm -hmm. And what I'm going through and my intention is different than other people and that's okay.
0: Absolutely. Oh, and I think it's important for us to be around like it's, it's there's something sp- even specifically to that example like being in a yoga class with other people. It is a self compassion practice in and of itself to not compare to the woman 100%. around or people around you. Yeah. So it's, it, it, and so I think it's like you said before, it's a practice. It's not something that some people have and some people don't, because I can guarantee the same people that you're looking at and have an amazing body are probably judging themselves in some way, you know, that we don't know. So it's 100%. like, don't think, oh, that's just a healthy person. And I'm not because it's so black and white. I used to really think that I used to think, mm-hmm. I don't understand how some people just work out and eat healthy and figure all these things out on their plate and their organs and they're happy. Right. But this was a comparison of a false projection of something that I, what, like a fucking ad, you know, like uh, someone selling something like, but that's what happens. I think the exposure to certain things and advertisements and beauty standards, you know, Do you have like any, do you have tech boundaries with yourself that you
1: practice? Yeah, I actually, so I recently went through this business mastermind program. And so I literally have a full caseload of like therapy clients. And then I'm doing my coaching. It's like, I haven't had time on social media and it's been so nice. Um, But some boundaries that I've set definitely are like times that I'm allowed to sit on Instagram. I'm super, super big. On Because Instagram is like, I have a love-hate relationship with it because I love it, but it sucks me in. And then I'm like in the comparison and then I'm getting off and I'm like sweaty and have heart palpitations, (laughs) like anxious, you know? When all of a sudden
0: Um, the scroll starts getting really intense and the eyes start like twitching a little.
1: (laughs) Right. And so for me, a couple of things that have felt really helpful are definitely no social media within the first couple hours of waking up. And within the last couple hours of the night, I think that has been helpful for me. Um, And I think too, with what you were mentioning a moment ago, something that has felt so validating for me is just reminding myself, we all have our stuff. Like when you see that girl who looks like she has everything together, right? Literally. And it's, it's not that we're knocking people down, but it's that we're all on the same level. Like just acknowledging that we're all on the same level and maybe you just say that to yourself when you're at the gym or when you're on Instagram, we all have our stuff, right? She has her stuff. I have my stuff. Mm-hmm. We all have our stuff. And that's felt so helpful, yeah. but yeah, I think the tech boundaries are so necessary. And I was even on Pinterest yesterday. That's where I hang out probably more than Instagram now. Cause it feels a little, I don't know. It just feels better for me these days, but I was there and it's like all of these ads around hair product and this stuff. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, if our ads were only more focused on like mental health and actual health in general, compared to trying to look a certain way or changing our physical appearance or. I was like, what kind of world that just a random thought that I had, like, what type of world would that be? Where the ads that we're seeing all the time aren't telling us that we need better hair. We need a better body. We need, <laughs> it's yeah,
0: just it's like a $6 billion industry that profits off people, not feeling good enough, thin enough, young right. enough, beautiful enough, you know, and there's nothing wrong with self-care. Hello. We're huge advocates of that. It's it's the come from. How do you feel when you look at it? If you look at it and you feel less than just by looking at it, it's like, okay, I I need to remove myself from that influence because we are a lot more easier, easily influenced, I think, than we realize. I know for me, I'm very easily influenced. I know that, you know, there's a reason why the environment can move me or make me feel like constricted. You know, same thing with the media we expose ourselves to. And I love your tech boundaries, the I call them like the end caps or, you know, the bookends, you know, it's like the beginning of the day, the end of the day, because there's, if we expose ourselves to a scroll first thing in the morning, we aren't able, I'm not able to connect with my intuition, with my highest self. I'm not able to even connect with how am I doing today because I'm already wrapped up in someone else's world.
1: Yeah. thousand percent. And it's, I think so much of it comes back to that intention setting. Yes, right? Like if you want to be intentional with your day, with your energy, with how you're showing up, right. You need to have that time where you can actually check in. And I think that's one of the biggest barriers that we have with tuning into, you know, like you call it, our inner wise woman is like, there's just so.
0: we're back oh we're back okay we're back. I was like it like froze sorry just a second Oh, no, that's okay someone calling
1: me. um okay so, so you were saying yeah quieting quieting down less distractions mm-hmm. so that we can really hear that inner wise one. because how that's how we're able to start really deciphering okay what's actually just cultural what's society telling me, even what are some of my friends telling me versus what's, what's actually coming from within here.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, to, um, decipher between the two, you know,
1: it, it, it,
0: by just thinking about it. That's why I think writing is so important or like meditation is so important because it changes the way that our brain is functioning by slowing down. Um, that we can see things different. We can hear things different. And I, I don't, I'm sure you've read the four agreements or heard of Don Miguel Ruiz. I love the way that he breaks down the agreements that we are born pure and innocent and loving and ability to be loved. But as we grow old, we are domesticated with certain agreements that this means this and you are this and this is okay. And this is not, and it's learning how to identify and then rewrite those agreements, reagree to new agreements. Like, And I think that those feelings of what's true in the heart is such a feeling because it feels light, it feels liberating, it feels okay. But I think when we first start journaling and first start set, connecting, I know for me, when I first started, there was this thought of, am I wasting my time right now? Should I be doing something different? Should I be doing something more? Should I be doing something that moves the needle? right? All this, like, and it's still, that was rooted in criticism. So then I would not be present with the thing that's supposed to help me be present, you know? And so I think it's, it's just so interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. And I think it, it circles back to that idea of setting your own expectations, or even if you want to use a different word, setting your own, you know, how you want to show up, right?
0: What makes you proud? What do you need to feel proud today?
1: Yeah. Like setting those for yourself, right. Versus whatever has been kind of in the driver's seat or whatever you've been doing. And I think being willing also to, like, as we're learning to tune in and hear that voice and trust that voice, like being willing to hear it incorrectly and being willing to, you know, some people are like, Oh, well, how do I know? I'm like, well, let's try one thing. Let's try one. And then you're going to see, how that feels, but sometimes we have to just try and take a risk and see what that thing is and do it. And then be like, Oh, okay. That wasn't okay. So now I know for next time Mm -hmm. that that actually wasn't what it felt like. So now I know as I'm tuning into my inner wisdom, right now, I know I have one more experience that I can pull from, but it can be scary to kind of, but again, it's a practice, a practice of hearing that voice, listening to that voice, trusting Mm -hmm. that yeah it's like strengthening
0: the trust muscle and i think if i if i use the question like what am i learning right now or what did i learn then no matter what it's valuable but it's almost like we forget how valuable our difficult situations are if we never ask ourselves what am i learning through this
1: and that will get you through some really hard <laughs> some, some hard, hard shit, shit. <laughs> right like what what am i learning what could i be learning from There's this. Some, yeah. It's some
0: powerful self-accountability.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. So good.
0: Oh man. Well, thank you so much for coming on Joyfully You podcast.
1: Thanks so this much for been, having me.
0: Yeah. This has been such a nice conversation. I'm so glad that we got to do this. Is there anything else that is on your heart or that you'd like to share with
1: um, the Joyfully You podcast community? Yeah. I think just, just really touching on this idea of how can i be kind to myself here right if if my sister if my friend was going through what i'm going through right now what would i tell her how would i treat her and just really being willing to practice that because i think that's that can create space for so so much more and just really that like persistence and perseverance on this growth journey that will be our whole lives, but just really starting to explore, explore those questions of how would mm-hmm. I be treating my friend if she was going through this? What would I tell her? Mm-hmm. Right. How can I, how can I be kind to myself here? And just really letting that be kind of the, the starting yeah. point.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful. Yes. And it's like that we're all here to learn. I don't believe there's this like inherent, like wrong or right. It's just, I mean, I guess there are some levels of like, not okay, not acceptable, but if we put that on ourselves, it just feels sticky. It's like, am I wrong or am I right? No, let's not even go there. It's what am I here to learn right now? You know, who do I want to be? Like, ugh, all those questions that you were saying to you, how can I be kinder to myself? Through practicing those, I think, yeah, I bel- I know they are extremely transformational. Extremely, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. How can people come play with you and get in contact with you? Yes. Yeah. So uh, definitely coming over to the free and well podcast. I post every week um, with new episodes and interviews and all that good stuff. So definitely just head over there. Awesome. Thank you okay. so much, Devaney. And thank you guys for tuning in
0: to another episode of Joyfully You podcast. If you loved this episode, please go leave us a review or take a screenshot and tag um, both Devaney and I on Instagram. She is at Free and Well on Instagram, and I'm at Kelsey Low Show. It means the world. You can also send us a DM if you want to chat or if there's anything that came up for you within this um, episode. We would love to connect with you. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Joyfully You Podcast. Thank you, Devaney. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe, and we will see you on the next episode.